I'm here at the Game Developers Conference Online in Austin, Texas, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Sean Flynn. I'm the Director of Marketing for GameSpy Technology. And what's GameSpy Technology? So GameSpy Technology provides uh, online services to game developers, so anytime a, a game developer wants to integrate features into their game that leverage the internet in any way, uh, whether it's doing multiplayer matchmaking, whether it's tracking stats for their users that they would show in leaderboards or other, other you know, uh, stats profiles, uh, or storing data in the cloud for things like save games or uh, game media or playable content. We have a whole range of services that they can use uh, to build those features. So is this kind of like OpenFaint or how is this different? Uh, this is very different from OpenFaint in that OpenFaint is all client based um, so you kind of integrate with them and they have um, kind of an application or a client that you have to go through to access all those features. All of our stuff is SDK and API driven so you can build all of our stuff very flexibly into games and build the UI yourself uh, actually within the game. Um, you know, we, we don't have any interest actually in, in owning or monetizing the end user uh, like some other services do. This is really all about servicing the developer uh, and making sure they get the best services for their games to build features uh, that build an audience around the game or the franchise that they're building. Can you talk about some use cases or examples of companies that have used GameSpy technology to, you know, further... Absolutely. Sure. So we've been around for, for about 10 or 11 years now. Uh, we started back in, in uh, actually as part of the kind of the GameSpy Industries empire back in 97 uh, and started powering games with our technology in uh, 99. Um, so we've, we've got a, a history of over a thousand games that have used our technology. Um, in the past, it was pretty much focused on AAA titles, so some of the big ones that you've heard of. Uh, every Rockstar Games title since, uh, and including GTA 4, uh, has used us. So GTA 4, Red Dead Redemption, Midnight Club LA, um, used our services for everything from matchmaking to stat tracking. Um, Nintendo used us uh, to provide all of the online services for every title on the Wii and the DS. Uh, so when you were playing you know, Mario Kart Wii online or Smash Brothers uh, or games like that, you were using GameSpy technology uh, to find matches or track your stats or pull down ghost races in Mario Kart, for example. Uh, and then we also powered the Battlefield franchise up through Battlefield 2142, uh, the Command & Conquer franchise when they rebooted it, uh, doing work both in-game and then on the community sites for those games, helping them build out um, you know, what's now become kind of the standard for building large cross-title franchise-based community sites. Um, and then lately, through our GameSpy Open initiative, which makes all of our technology available to independent developers for free, um, we've been working with people like Halfbrick Games, the, the creators of Fruit Ninja, uh, to build multiplayer into their Android title, uh, for, into the Android version of Fruit Ninja. Uh, we work with a studio called Trendy Entertainment out of uh, Florida. It started as a four-person independent studio. That They do a game called Dungeon Defenders. They used our multiplayer tech to actually really do something incredibly innovative within the industry itself uh, that not even AAA developers have approached, which was cross-platform multiplayer across four platforms. Uh, so they're doing multiplayer co-op uh, between iOS, Android, PC, and PS3. Uh, and the PC and PS3 versions of that game actually come out next week on the 19th. Uh, but iOS and Android are out now. Uh, and then we're also working with uh, the guys at War uh, Trapdoor who are doing Warp. Uh, we're working with uh, the guys at Emotional Robots, whose game Warm Gun uh, just came out for the iOS uh, yesterday. No, it came out today. Today is Tuesday, right? And so, so a lot of these, kind of so even mobile developers, mobile developers can can use your service to maybe allow multiplayer 
or um, leader leaderboards and matching and stuff like that? Absolutely. Our stuff has, has one, one uh, major point about our services is that we endeavor to support every major gaming platform, and that includes major mobile platforms as well. Uh, so we fully support iOS and Android uh, platforms, both phones and tablets. And what language do people need to use to be able to integrate their, uh, you know, their game with your technology? Uh, we started with C++. Uh, now it's uh, we started doing C# wrappers, uh, basically to better support developers who are working in Unity, uh, and also to help uh, with the Android market as well. But C# seems to be what a lot of independent developers uh, are kind of looking at. Um, so we're extending support uh, for that language through uh, wrappers. Uh, we just recently released uh, kind of the, P the first the first alpha version of that support uh, for the PC for games uh, in Windows. Uh, just rolled out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we just made an update actually today to that that allows uh, developers working in Unity and C# -sharp to build limitless leaderboards into their games uh, in just a matter of minutes. Uh, we did a live demo here at GDC Online yesterday where uh, our technical product manager actually built a leaderboard for a Unity game in 35 minutes. Um, front to back. Uh, so we just used the sample game in Unity uh, and built the leaderboard live on stage uh, in front of everybody. Uh, and that's available today. Uh, you can just go to our website at poweredbygamespy.com uh, and download not only the wrapper and the SDKs and all the documentation, but then also a tutorial that shows you how to, how to do it. And what's the pricing structure then if a small developer wants to use your service? Because you mentioned AAA titles. Um, right. you, know, as, you know, you guys are powering that. I know there's usually a big uh, cost difference between AAA and some of these indie developers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, independent developers can actually start coding for free. Um, so that was part of our open initiative uh, to welcome independent developers and support them better, uh, was to provide a, a no-cost option for our services. Um, right now, any titles that are um, you know, not AAA that sign up, um, through our website um, are basically able to create their games and empower them with our services for free. We are going to roll out uh, a more usage-based billing model uh, that is basically pay for what you use um, uh, shortly, probably before the end of the year, and that's going to be tied to um, number of monthly active users, you know, unique users, not repeat traffic, uh, but then also things like API requests and you know gigabytes of data stored uh, in our in our cloud system. Uh, but there will always be a free option for people. Everybody can always get started for free, and if their game isn't doing crazy traffic, uh, they may not ever have to pay anything. Uh, and then the pricing options start like once they do have to start paying for services, um, they're they're very reasonable. I mean, in the in the like twenty dollar a month range. Um, so I think people will be very pleased at the level of support they get for the cost uh, and it's it will continue to be our mission to, to fully support independent developers and grow with them as they succeed. Yeah, and what's the, um, I guess, yeah, what is the motivation for focusing on indie developers or, or having these indie initiatives versus um, focusing on AAA titles? Well, yeah, so we haven't lost focus on AAA. I mean, obviously, they're still very very much a big part of the industry. Um, we've just made all of the services that we provide to AAA is now available to independent developers. The reason for that's very clear. Um, you know, the, the industry, as everybody who uh, is paying attention to games right now knows, is going through a massive transformation. Um, you know, on the one hand, the device that people primarily use to play games these days is is a smart mobile device, a tablet or a phone, uh, and the barriers also to creating games uh, from both a technological and a financial perspective are falling. We think um, you know forever. Uh, you can now download an engine like the UDK from from Epic or Unity, 
uh, for free uh, and get started building games. Uh, and that is encouraging you know thousands, literally thousands uh, of developers to get started uh, building games themselves. So we're seeing this massive transformation in the in industry where there's a, a huge influx of new development talent entering the space uh, to start creating games for platforms that a massive number of people uh, are playing on. Uh, so we really want to get behind that. Uh, and one of the other motivations, we, want, we, we have a bedrock belief in our company um, formed by our years playing you know, online-enabled games uh, that every game should connect somehow, that, that connecting uh, players to one another in any way uh, really helps make games more fun. Uh, so all of our services are geared around helping people share their experience playing games, any type of game, whether it's a puzzle game, a mobile game, an adventure game, a shooter, a strategy game, whatever. Uh, it's really all about helping facilitate those connections to people. Um, so yeah, we're here to support the independent developers. And the other thing is, you know, I think, as we saw with Trendy, uh, we really think that's where the innovation in the space is going to come from. So, um, you know, Trendy went out and did something that's been technically possible for a decade now. Our stuff's been cross-platform enabled um, since the Dreamcast. Um, and we've, we've seen, you know, just a handful of games ever attempt it. Uh, those guys were by far the most ambitious and, and have had runaway success with it. Uh, so we want to see more independent developers taking the kinds of risks that AAA studios um, are just, because of financial reasons, uh, unable or unwilling to take. Uh, we think that'll just make games overall better. And where do you see the industry going then? Because um, you know you're you're seeing all these um, services that developers are using. Where where do you see the industry going in the next you know one to two or one to three years? I think the industry uh, obviously is starting to take mobile devices a lot more seriously. Um, and then obviously, especially if you look around the agenda at GDC Online, uh, the browser is becoming a big part of everybody's conversations. Whether they're talking about uh, developing in Flash, uh, which you know both uh, Epic and Crytek now are you know making a lot of noise about supporting. Uh, their, their AAA engines in Flash natively, uh, but then also HTML5 and WebGL uh, are really getting a lot of people excited. And I think the idea is, you know, I want to be able to create a game for a platform that goes anywhere. Uh, I'm going to develop once in HTML5, and by doing so, I'm going to be able to push my game to the PC uh, or to, you know, smart devices um, if I can. So, you know, there, there's that. And I think too, you know, the the AAA space is actually kind of going through a, con a major contraction. I mean, we we've seen well, I've all seen stories about layoffs and, and uh, consolidation in the industry. Um, you know, the fact is they're all developing fewer titles. They're being squeezed by the economy. Um, they're putting more money into fewer titles. So, you know, Activision is very focused on Call of Duty uh, and maybe a smattering of other things. Um, so where you're seeing the real growth in the industry and the real shift is, is in these independent studios and startups um, and people who aspire to greatness and will probably achieve it. They just won't do it through some of the big, big guys. They won't do it through EA or Activision. And, you know, GameSpy has a program for, you know, indie developers at their offices. Can you talk about that more and what that offers? Absolutely. It's called Indie Open House. Uh, it is a joint venture between us and our parent company, IGN. Um, and it is a residency program for independent developers. So if you're an indie developer, uh, we support, I think, five teams of up to five to six uh, people per team uh, every eight to 12 months. Uh, they get office space in IGN's headquarters in San Francisco. Uh, they get consultation from the GameSpy Tech team, but then also, uh, to some degree, from IGN Editorial, uh, from our public relations company, um, and from special guest speakers that we bring in from around the industry. 
industry. We've had you know everybody from you know like Sony, PlayStation's independent games uh, team to kind of other you know industry consultants come in and talk to these guys. Uh, and uh, they also get uh, basically a AAA level license to our technology. So you know if their game happens to be successful, like they get supported just like we would support you know a Rockstar or a Nintendo. Uh, plus they embed pretty much with our team, so they can just turn swivel their chair around and ask a game spy engineer uh, for some help if they need to. Uh, and it's been a phenomenal success. We wrapped up the first class in July um, with four teams, um, and uh, you know they, they, I think it was just successful beyond everybody's expectations. The quality of games that were coming out of that program um, were really high. Um, we, you know, everybody got a chance to demo at our booth at GDC, uh, and we set up media appointments for them so they could actually talk to the press. Uh, we coached them through, you know, putting pitches together, whether they're talking to, whether they're talking to publishers or, you know, investors or the media. Uh, they were very supportive of one another. There was a, a real sense of camaraderie between the group uh, that really kind of served as a force multiplier when it came time to do play tests or to solve some engineering challenges that they had. Uh, and for us, it just energized our whole team being able to work directly with a bunch of guys that are essentially, you know, not doing this for a paycheck. They're doing it for love. They really love building games, uh, and they just, you know, packed everything into a duffel bag and couch surfed to follow their dreams. Uh, and for us, that was incredibly inspiring. So, the second class, we just, I think, closed applications. I believe we have room for one more team of five to six people. So, um, we're, we're just looking for that one last team. Um, but we'll be making an announcement about the teams that we've selected uh, coming up very shortly. I think people will be very excited. Can you talk about some of the uh, games that the first class did sure. specifically? Yeah, so um, you know, one team that participated was called Interrobang. They were out of San Diego. They're working on a game called Super Combo Man, which is a like a beat 'em up 2D platformer type of game, um, very much a throwback, but using a modern engine that they're building in, in Unity. Uh, so they're able to add some of the like some of the technological kind of whiz bang elements like lighting and, and particle effects to, to sharpen the game up, but still kind of retain that that 2D classic feel. Uh, and it's a ton of fun to play. Uh, we actually had Justin from Interrobang here for our full day tutorial at GDC Online yesterday, and he got up and demoed the game and then participated in uh, a panel that we did on, on indie development. Um, and uh, it's, it's just fantastic. Uh, another game was uh, from the guys at Carnegie Mellon uh, out of their entertainment technology program that you know Jesse Shell runs. Um, they have a team called Ethereal. They were building a first-person medieval combat game. Um, so it was exactly like it sounds. You know, you, you, you armor up, you pick some weapons, you run in, and you just beat the holy living hell out of other guys you know, in, in medieval armor. Uh, and they were awesome. Like they, they actually, you know, embedded with some, uh, you know, like Society for Creative Anachronisms, um, you know, chapters in the Bay Area to go out and do some filming uh, at some of their big battles. And then also, I think they had um, some particular like kind of devices that allowed them to capture certain elements of combat, so they could put more. Like they were, they were really trying to build realistic medieval combat into this game, uh, and it was, it was hilarious and a lot of fun uh, to play. Um, there's another team called Runt that's working on a game called Rapscallion, which is a parkour game um, mixed with some other kind of fantasy elements. It's really hard to describe. Uh, you kind of have to see it. Uh, there is a demo for that game, as well as Ethereal up on FilePlanet.com people can, can download. Uh, and they'd had some previous experience elsewhere in the in industry and just kind of, you know, a, a story very common to independent developers where they got kind of tired of just working at AAA development studios or working only on one small particular slice of a task and never really having anything big to hang their name on. Uh, and so wanted to take their experience and actually do more, have more 
um, under their control. So they're pretty fantastic. Uh, and then another team called Cryptic Sea uh, is actually it's. He, it's primarily a guy named Alex Austin. He has some people helping him do art uh, and things like that, but it's primarily him. And he is—he's uh, been around the independent game scene for a very long time. People probably recognize his name. He was involved with the game Gish, uh, but then also was part of um, you know the, the guys that built uh, Pontifex Bridge Builder back in the day. So he's done some games that people have known for a very long time. He's been running his own show, like doing it on his own for like long before people were talking about indie games and independent development. Um, so, you know, he, he was part of that team. He didn't just do one game. I think he ended up doing ten games because he would wake up in the morning and say, I want to do a first-person hockey game. And next thing you know, you've got a hockey game that everybody's sitting around playing. Or, you know, I want to have a tank battle game. So, you know, he built a tank battle game. He has his own engine. He built all of his own physics. You know, he's just he's a, one of those just crazy geniuses that comes along, you know, once in a blue moon. Yeah. So we were really honored to have him be part of the program. Uh, and he's sticking around for the second class, kind of like our, our technology fellow in residence. Sure. Uh, because it's just invaluable to have somebody like that that the other teams can draw from, from his ex experience and his expertise, um, whether it's engineering or just... You know how to how to keep going as an indie and uh, survive on your own. You need people like that to, to really make something like this fly. And where can the listeners find out more information about your technology? Maybe download it, start experimenting or using the service, or even looking at applying for the indie uh, open house program. Right. So uh, everything that you need to know is available at poweredbygamespy.com. Uh, you can sign up. Everything that we do is self. P o w e r e d gamespy.com. That's correct. Uh, and everything we do is self-service access, so you don't need to talk to us. You don't need to talk to an account manager. Uh, all you need to do is go, click the Get Started button, fill in a quick form. It's like six fields, I think, to get your account set up. Uh, it's totally free to start. Uh, once you do that, you have access to download our SDKs, uh, to access all of our web-based APIs, to download our Unity C-sharp connector and libraries if you want. Uh, all of our documentation is online in wiki format so you can read or contribute. Uh, we have developer forums up uh, that our engineers keep an eye on, but that other developers who've been using our, our technology uh, also uh, contribute to. Um, so if you have questions about using stuff, either us or, or somebody else who's been using GameSpy technology in the past probably has an answer for you. Uh, and then there's also a developer dashboard that you can use uh, not only to create your games in the system, but then also to monitor um, their success as you start testing and sending traffic through the system and then, and then launch. Uh, and that allows you right now uh, to track things like daily active users, uh, number of API requests that you're making on a per-service basis to our back end, uh, and then also some limited player loyalty. So how many players have logged in, how many times over a certain span of time. Uh, and we are working to ramp up the amount of metrics that we're showing in our dashboard so that developers have a better window into how players are, are using their games. Thank you very much. You're welcome.